Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. back welcome back welcome all the tennis bets we got a great show this week and we are in the grass court season french open roland garros is in the rear view got a couple experts here ready for arguably the best time of the year the shortest time of the year but we're going to tennis on the grass first up there's pamela maldonado taking a break from the golf season she took a little quick u.s open uh break there but i know this is your favorite time of the year and it's not just because your favorite player has been dominating here but you look forward to grass court season every year I love grass court season because it's the fastest surface. So it's a lot of quick points. I don't care for long rallies. Give me true grass, true tennis. And that is serve, volley, short, quick, easy game. I love it. Um, and also because the sports books tend to favor the players that are good, not really taking into account, are they good on grass? Mm. So it's just a great time of year. We're gonna get we're gonna get into that specific point at the end in just a few. But uh, Kenny Ducey joining us, you can see him on Patreon. I think were you in the New York Post this weekend too? Is that yeah, I, I, I'm in the New York Post sometimes uh, through Action Network. So Saturday, okay. yeah, this Saturday I'll be uh, be in there again talking about MLB betting strategies, which doesn't falls on deaf ears with this audience. So hey, uh, you know that's awesome. I'm proud to see that. The other thing too is this time of year with grass court season. I think tensions are a little higher, and that could be a good thing because, you know, the basis of it, and every basic tennis fan knows this, breaks are harder to come by. So anytime you break a serve or get a chance to really swing momentum, it doesn't go back and forth as much as clay, for example. Yeah, I think that's an important thing to distinguish, right? I think that that is, we have to readjust after clay season because breaks really mean nothing. It's easy to come back from a break because you're not as dominant on serve. But yeah, I mean, I, I think that it's an interesting part of the season because a lot of players sometimes they don't have a good drive two-hander. Uh, the slice backhand is a very effective shot on this surface. We see a lot of players employ the slice a little bit more. Uh, some good slices of the ball, like Francis Tiafo, can excel on this surface. And, you know, it, it's always my favorite time of year. I mean, fortunately, this year he's hurt, but Matteo Berrettini is a guy that dominates on the surface, and he doesn't have the same prowess on a hard... I mean, he, he's obviously still very good on clay and, and a hardcore, but you can expose that backhand. Uh, I disagree with Pam. I love... I mean, we're, we're starting off hot here. I love the uh, the long rallies, but what I do like about the grass is the acoustics. It just sounds so different, and if you are... If it's like February or March or, hell, you know, late, late, you know, late August, you're used to watching a lot of hardcore tournaments, and you watch like a Roger Federer, Novak Djokovic highlight from Wimbledon, the acoustics, it just sounds so much different. It does sound like real tennis. So, I, yeah, it's, it's Dan Evans' favorite time of year, so it's my favorite time of year. <laughs> yeah, I know you're going to die on that Matteo, Matteo Berrettini will win Wimbledon Hill, so I hope it hope it pans out for you. I don't know if that will happen, but we do want to see him back. <laughs> we do want to see him uh, you know, healthy as well as some other players, but a lot to discuss for the men's side and for the women's side as well. But, Pam, we can start here. Grass court season, there's a lot to like, there's a lot to dislike, but – you know, we'll start with, we'll get the negative stuff out of the way. Top players don't necessarily do well on grass. It's a short season. If you build up your resume, you don't necessarily need to do well here. 
who are some right. players that you think we might fade or that the sports books might not have adjusted to grass not being their best surface? I mean, unfortunately, this is just a weird season. I've been really quiet on the betting front because in years past, we did have Matteo Berrettini. We did have some of the stronger players. Novak Djokovic is known to not play some yeah. of these prelim events up until Wimbledon. But at least we did have grass court players that were in action. Nick Kyrgios, they're mm. all gone and injured right now. So we're playing. All that's left is a bunch of clay court players playing other clay court players <laughs> on yeah. grass surface that they're unfamiliar with. So um, from that point of view, I'm not excited right now. But the only player that I think you can kind of rely on who is better suited for this type of service is Hubert Hurkacz. Um, I mean, he had a great 2021 Wimbledon reaching the semifinal, ultimately losing to Berrettini in four sets, but he's six foot five and he is one of the strongest servers on tour. He's second in the field, not in the field. He's second on tour behind Nick Kyrgios for first serve win percentage for aces. And this is why he's always in tie breaks yeah. because he's going to hold on to serve and a yeah. big powerful serve and a big forehand is the type of player that excels on grass. That Chris Eubanks match was a tricky one for him, and he survives after losing a tiebreak to win in the third. Very mentally tough. You can name players like Casper Ruud who don't don't have their success on grass. Medvedev is always tricky away from hard courts. Kenny, she did mention a name. It's unfortunate. Nick Kyrgios would do well here, should do well here if he's healthy, but that doesn't appear to be the case. He pulled out a hollow this week. The body's not there in Time's his enemy right now because we know he can succeed on grass at Wimbledon, made the final last year, but just running out of time in 2023. Yeah, you know, a shame that, you know, who, who knows, because it's it's a, it's a different country. We just don't know the news sources, but uh, the news that he, you know, got caught in a home invasion, like he was supposed to play the French Open. So that obviously, it would have been nice for him to get some reps on clay to just kind of, you know, get his feet underneath him. But we saw him against Yibing Wu. He did not look good at all. He could not move, uh, couldn't get to some easy forehands to get to. Uh, and it was disappointing. And, you know, I think he was disappointed as well that he just couldn't move as well as he thought he would be able to, um, especially considering what's held Nick Kyrgios back for years is Nick Kyrgios. It's, it's, it's his head. It's his it's his effort. It's his, you know, all his demons that he's been fighting. Finally, he's, you know, he's, he's got a clear head. He's, he's trying to win some matches. He's trying to take tennis seriously. And he's been dealing with a lot of injuries this year. So that's that's unfortunate. But uh, to go back to your original question, just kind of take the other side of that answer, maybe a player we could fade or maybe players we could fade. Um, you know, I, I think it's always interesting because these guys, you mentioned at the top, grass court season is only just, there's only three weeks of grass before we actually get to Wimbledon. So it's hard for players to get a lot of match reps unless mm -hmm. they're actually winning. So records can sometimes be deceiving. I understand that. With that said, Carlos Alcaraz is going to be one of my favorite fades all grass season until he proves that he is finally able to play on the surface. If you watched him against Rinderneck, that was a match. First of all, it's very tricky. He probably should have lost. But also, he's slipping and sliding all over the place. And you see guys yeah. like him, Ben Shelton, uh, guys who are just not used to running around on grass. It's difficult, and it takes some time to get used to the movement. Uh, so I do think that, you know, you look at last year uh, at Wimbledon, you know, he had some struggles. He had that marathon match against Jan Leonard Struff. He lost two exhibition matches before um, before that tournament even kicked off. He lost to Sinner, obviously. And then, you know, again, a, a narrow escape against Rinderneck this year. I, I think the books are overvaluing Alcaraz because, look, he is obviously hits the ball just as hard as anybody on tour. He's a very mm -hmm. powerful player. but And he has great speed, which can help you on grass. But also, you know, his kick serve is not going to be a weapon. Uh, and, and maybe his drop shot, not as much of a weapon here as well. So uh, I, I, I'm definitely looking to, to kind of sell some shares in Alcaraz. 
that's a good one. Uh, it's going to bring some unity later in the show when we get to our pick section as well. But no, I mean, you, you mentioned it. It's it's overvalued because of how good he is, how dominant he has been on other surfaces. This is new. This is foreign for such a young player. And Pam, the way Rinderneck played in that match, it was pretty smart. It's it's not a secret. Like you come to the net, you shorten stuff. And Alcaraz wasn't used to the combination of the match, the surface, everything. He has time in his long career to sort this out. But I agree with Kenny on this one too. Like this is not for the value that you would be not getting for a player as favored. Alcaraz isn't that prime fade discussion. Along with Carlos, just to add further to that, I had a, one of my DMs um, in my on my Twitter. Somebody sent me, I lost a parlay because of Sitsipas. You do not take Sitsipas, who is a clay court player, good on slow surfaces, on a yeah. fast grass. <laughs> this is so it, it's not, it goes beyond just Alcaraz. It's all clay court players. This is why you can excel and do so well on grass because they are overvaluing the top five players, the top 10 players, and that, that may be all fine and well. But that doesn't mean they're top five, top 10 on a faster surface where you have to have a shortened backswing to order. You have to be a counter puncher. And if you're not, you're going to be you're so used to that slow surface where you have all the time in the world to like rev it up and like go for it. You can't do that here. You have to be a good counter puncher. And a majority of the players are not. You also have to look for the strong servers. There's a lot of servers that aren't strong on grass. So a lot of players that aren't strong with their serve. So it's just not fade Alcaraz. It's look for a lot of fade opportunities with the players who are higher ranked. Just, just to, no, sorry, ahead. I was going to say, just to, just to go on top of what Pam said, I think uh, a difference between clay and, and hard courts too and grass is, is the returning style. And I think, you know, what one thing we talk about a lot with Yannick Sinner, Carlos Alcaraz, when you're on, when you're on clay, you got time to set up. You got time to drive that ball deep. Uh, you know, you have to work with the block return a lot. So a guy like Maxime Cressy, for example, who's excellent on grass, he, he's not really an amazing returner, but what he can do is just kind of bunt the ball back and just, um, you know, put you on your back foot. Uh, so it's a completely different type of return. So that I think is a big difference between clay and grass. But I mean, there's there's still plenty of value. I do think finding some clay court players, yeah. we've seen them in years past. We saw it today with Nicola Jari. There's plenty of clay court players who can excel on the service, but I think it's just... Like, like, you know, Sitsipas is a guy that does have a lot of shape in his shot. Uh, the backhand is a big liability. And, and, you know, so I think that there's certain players that don't translate, certain players that do. I think it's just about being smart, uh, having a good eye on mm -hmm. what players have been able to do successfully. And then you can kind of figure it out. Big serve, strong serve. You can serve and volley. You can either play at the net, have a wicked slice game, and that really narrows down the field to a lot to a very few players this is why i'm being very specific with my betting in during grass season this year so there's some players that i think we should know let's get positive here for a second some players that we might like value situations obviously the wimbledon draw is going to play a factor in that uh kenny some americans that maybe look good on grass we have another top tenor francis tiafo wins his first grass court title three titles now in his career on three different surfaces and then taylor fritz who We've had a good chuckle about the clay court stuff, but the fact of the matter is he made the rolling, he made the Wimbledon quarters, pushed Nadal to the brink, was right there, mm -hmm. and his game seems suited for grass. So maybe possibly some love for the Americans this spring, this summer? Oh, a ton of love for the Americans. And I think anytime you see an American advance past the third round at the French Open, it's it's stunning. Uh, you know, you don't really expect it. I think we saw it during the COVID year uh, a lot, which was which was surprising. Wimbledon is a tournament that absolutely uh, the Americans can make some noise. And I'm going to go beyond Taylor Fritz, who had success here, and Francis Tiafu beat Stefano Tsitsipas here first round a couple of years ago. Great slicer, huge server. Uh, and I, 
you know, a guy like Mackenzie McDonald is a dangerous player on the surface. I know he just lost to Diego Schwartzman, one of the most embarrassing losses you could possibly have. But him, Marcos Giron, uh, Jensen Brooksby, whenever he gets healthy, Rally Opelka, the serve is is it's too kicky for grass, but he's still a, an effective player because he just brings so much power. Uh, John Isner, obviously, in years past. So the list goes on. I think pretty much most Americans are safe bets. And the one man we haven't talked about, of course, is Sebastian Corda, who is a future top tenor in his own right, has looked absolutely so comfortable on this surface ever since he was a, a, a young lad coming onto the tour, beating Alex Dimonor here. Really should have beaten Karen Hatchinoff at Wimbledon as well. He had, he had that win over Dan Evans. Like, I mean, from just such a young age, it's just very clear that Sebastian Corda gets it. He can play on grass. He has the game for grass. He has the the grace out there running around on this surface. So I love him uh, right now. I'm, I'm buying shares of him. Depending on his draw, I'll probably take an outright on him to make the semis, uh, win his quarter, unless he's in the Djokovic draw, for example. But, you know, as Pam said, a lot of the grass court aficionados are out now. So I think this is maybe Corda's time. And I know a lot of the attention is going to, to, to the two top tenors we have. Yeah. But, you know, we've got a guy that's just coming off of injury. It's just starting to feel it. And really, this is a guy that was playing at a top 20 level when healthy last year. So, Pam, as we look at kind of that American discussion, I know a lot of this is draw dependent. And I know you're looking at who's avoiding the Djokovic side and all this sort of thing. We do have Tiafo versus Corda today in a match coming up. Is that going to be any intel? You're looking at that match to see what you might like or dislike with those players or other players going forward? I mean, honestly, Tiafo has been a surprise to me. He is, he's not t- the typical, he is very good at the net and he does have the server volley. So yes, on one hand, he should be doing well on the surface. And then on the other hand, I have, I've just, I can never get quarter right. I mm-hmm. have so many question marks around him and his style of game. Is he better on clay? Is he better on fast? I still have, because he's been in and out of injury, because he is, his game, his history, his style is so inconsistent. Um, I don't really, as an analyst, I don't understand him. <laughs> and it's okay to say that because mm-hmm. for me, from a betting perspective, I'm not going to be playing on him or against him until I can get a better grasp of who he is as a player and what yeah. surface that he excels on. Um, but Tiafo has been a pleasant yeah. surprise because every year we are in the same boat situation of this is the year that he's going to have a solid breakout year. And he has that one match where it looks like he's turning tide and then yeah. disappoints. Yeah. So I, mean- I would love Tiafo to continue on. And part of it is looking at this future number. I mean, Djokovic is such an overwhelming favorite, minus 175. And, and I mean, that's that's insane. That's over some of the Rafa French Open numbers of the past. So you're looking for other valuable plays. I mean, Alcaraz, 550, we mentioned the value is not there. Medvedev on grass. I think this could be a year for winning quarter bets that could be open because, as Kenny said, like there is no Curios healthy. There is no Berrettini, guys that have made deep runs in the past. Maybe it is Hubie, Fritz. Tiafo even it's not out of the realm of possibility to find value there because we know we know who the alpha dog is on grass I think potentially yeah. one player that's not being discussed right now is Jan Leonard Struff I mean he's 6-4 he's solid with his he has one of the biggest serves he has a powerful forehand he can serve in volley we've seen him do well and he's just coming off Stuttgart where he made it to the final against Tiafo and that was a very tight third set tie break it yeah. could have gone either way but he beat Hubert Hercatch, Gasquet, Tommy Paul. I mean, that was a very solid run for him, not dropping a set until he reached Hubert Hercatch, which, yeah, that's a competitive matchup of who's going to be the first to fall first. 
And so I'm interested. We've seen him before in these big time tournaments as recently as even like Madrid, where he made it to the finals against Carlos Arcaras. Granted, that is clay, but it is still a faster surface. Struff is over here quietly making noise and maybe under the radar. So maybe a Struff to win his quarter could be an option. Yeah, Kenny, what do you think about the fact that we have a player like Struff coming up? We have, you know, some of these, I don't want to say young players, but some of these veteran type players that are able to kind of step up and make, you know, moves later in their career and maybe grass could be surface specific. Yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm just counting. I think there's probably only six players that I would say if they met seven, we'll count Hatchinoff in there as well. If they met Struff at Wimbledon, that, that Struff would lose. So I think to Ooh. Pam's point, it's a, it, he, he's... Who? Uh, well, Djokovic is one. Nedvedev's two. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to put Sinner, Murray, Fritz, or Kyrgios with the way he's looking there. Um, I would say Korda. I would say Hatchinoff. I would say Felix. Korda. I'm going to have this. You, okay, you're dying on the hill that – who is it that Bertini is going to win Wimbledon one day? I'm going to die on that hill that Korda is not it. <laughs> it's our, our, Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I don't, Our audience loves Sebastian Corda, so I'm I just trying. But no, I, I think I think Sebastian Corda is an excellent player. Uh, I do, and I think yeah, when he's been healthy, he's been unbelievable. But look, the bottom line is I, the whole point was I was trying to say Pam is right. Okay, so if you would just let me say you're right, Pam. There's only yeah. about six players that I think Jan Leonard Struve would lose to at, at Wimbledon. Yeah. Well, anyway, my point my point being, um, yeah, I think I think there are a lot of it, it's a strange tournament because you look at Taylor Fritz and. Andy Murray as like, you know, two of the top six uh, most likeliest players to win, according to odds makers. Uh, it, it, it's kind of weird, right? There's no Rafa in the draw. There's no, there's really no healthy Berrettini or Kyrgios in the draw. So with that, like Berrettini's always been the guy to step to Novak. And if that guy is not like, that's Alcaraz on a hard court and a clay court now, if that guy's not going to be here, what are we talking about? You know, Medvedev's really unproven on grass. So it's it's going to be a weird tournament, and to your point, I think the quarters yeah. are going to pre present a lot of value. Yeah. But if we want to get into if we want to get into some crazy long shots, we can do that as well. Uh, yeah, we got that's what that's what next week's for. Believe me. Well, we do have Hubie as one of those long shots that Pam mentioned, and I know we've kind of bagged on Sinner because it's been underperforming, but he has made the quarter. Was up two sets with Djokovic. I know people have said that before. So if there's a time for him to step up, maybe it's now. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's get into some picks now here on Tennis Bets as we continue along with Kenny Ducey and Pamela Maldonado. And we'll talk with uh, with you, Pam, on this one. I know you're a Carlitos uh, stan in a lot of ways, but value is value. And there's opportunity here. In, uh, there's a pick and then there's a sprinkle. So we can walk through his match going forward against Yuri Oheko, who's a good young player in his own right. But you're taking the spread and maybe a little sprinkle on the underdog? 
Correct. So Kenny mentioned it earlier. This is a good opportunity to fade some of those clay court players who are getting overvalued. Stefano Tsitsipas, we just saw him lose today. It's a shocker. Is it really? No. So I wouldn't be surprised if La Heca at plus four games, plus 350 on the money line, upsets Alcaraz tomorrow um, because Carlos, you saw him in that first matchup. Yes, he was sliding. He can't get he can't get a grasp and i know that he gets a lot of credit for i replicate i want to replicate roger federer i watch all of his films okay that's great now putting that into execution is a different is a different beast so i think leheka because he does have a big serve because also what's also being not discussed enough um within this time of year is rep time on court and leheka because he's been playing doubles because he already has a tournament under his belt granted and carlos only has one match the one match that we saw Getting familiar with this surface goes a long way. So if you have more reps under your belt, that's going to come into play. Carlos, he can't get that full swing that he's used to. He's not a counter puncher. This is the one thing that I've talked about, not just for grass, but for clay court surfaces. He yeah. doesn't have that counter punch ability. He wants to take those full swing Nadal serves the um, forehands. You can't do that on grass. You I don't just, have the time. Yeah. I just also feel like with, I mean, you can use Djokovic as an example for all these discussions, but. You really have to know the court and know tactics really good, really well, I should say, on the grass court season. And that does take time, as you mentioned, and experience. So, yeah, maybe this is not the time for that. Uh, Kenny, I got to give you props for one of your picks because this is a very responsible move, the Serendolo to win a set. I think that's just, I mean, I know in the past you might have just said money line or bust. What are we doing here? But this is a, a new uh, mature Kenny Ducey making this pick. Mm-hmm. I, I always do stuff like that. I wish Zico was here because I feel like he would have given out this pick and we could have we, you know, could have bonded over it. But I, I think this is a really smart pick because, look, Grigor Dimitrov is a very good grass score player, probably ends up winning this match. And, you know, there, there's, there are a lot of people who would look at Surundal and say, oh, well, uh, how many matches has he played on grass in his life? He's only played eight matches on grass. He was one in three last year. Uh, he, he is a clay court player. But I think this is actually a very good service for him. And you look at the way that he played last year, he had a very close loss. Tommy Paul, uh, the only people he's lost to really, it's been a tight loss and not a, not, it's really an excusable loss. He took a set off for Rafa at Wimbledon last year. He had the loss to Tommy Paul in three sets. He had the loss to Ryan Penniston in three sets. Penniston was playing unbelievable tennis last year, if you don't remember. I think he went to the finals of Queen's Cup, if I'm not mistaken, in his home country. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he lost to uh, Zhang Zhang at Wimbledon qualifying the year prior. Or uh, So, like, I mean, and, and he's a very good player. And he brings a lot of power, and he's a good grass court mm-hmm. player. I just think this is a good surface for Serendolo because he has he crushes the forehand. He has one of the five biggest forehands in the world, uh, yeah. and and that's that's really going to help shorten points. And when you look at the way Serendolo loses matches, it's in those long rallies. Ironically, Clay is probably a bad surface for him because he doesn't have rally tolerance. He goes for big winners. He, he's tempted to just pull the trigger, get out of the rally, end it quickly. And I think this is a better surface for him to do that because he can just overpower guys with that yeah. forehand. So yeah, I think Dimitrov's going to kind of be a little shocked, get a little shook yeah. uh, at, at the first in the first set. Maybe Cerullo takes the first set, but I think Grigor ultimately prevails. Game plans out schemes uh, a, a very simple-minded Cerullo out there. Yeah. Going against Grigor as a favorite, not a bad strategy at times too. So I like that one. Pam, we're going over in the Herkash versus Greekspor. Shout out to Talon Greekspor, new ATP champion for the first time last week. A fighter has given top players tough matches, and Hubie plays with his food a little bit, so I can see the logic on this one. Exactly. We're talking about reps on court. Well, there's no more reps on court than making a final in a grass court event and then, of course, winning. So, yeah, Talon Greekspor from the Netherlands, another 6'2 player, has a big serve, big forehand. You're talking about this is why I love tennis. 
look for big serve against big serve. Why? Because they're not the best returners. <laughs> they won't, they rely so heavily on getting ace after ace. Well, nobody gets more aces on tour right now other than Nick Kyrgios, who's not in action, than Hubert Hercot. He's not only first, he's not taking Kyrgios out of the equation. He's first in first serve percentage, first point serves one. He holds all of the aces on tour. He's not known for his return game. And Greek Greek sport is actually right there with him. He's 15th in the field for that, uh, 15th on tour for that. So he's, and he's coming off of rhythm. So now you're going to get a player that's going to match up competitively, can hold serve. I see this being like a 7-6, seven, 7-6, seven, six, seven, six, or this is going to the full three sets, and it could be a tie break in every set. Yeah, yeah, Hubie's a, a comfortable person in that position too. So I do like that pick a lot and uh, got to finish with Kenny's, you know, second pick here. Manorino, you know, covering another spread. This is this is where he lives, right? Three and a half point, three and a half games against Taylor Fritz. You like him to kind of finesse his way to a cover in this one? Yeah, I mean, gra grass is where he lives. And we're talking about all these players, right? You know, these young players, Sarundalo, Tommy Paul, uh, Hercots even is young. Like, all these guys, oh, what, what, what's their record on grass? How many ma matches have they played? 20 matches in their life, 30 matches in their life. Adrian Manorino is 84 and 56 on grass over his very long career at all levels. That is a lot of matches. He is very good on this surface. He's very good on fast hard courts for the same reason. He is a counterpuncher. He hits very low, flat backhands. That is not a recipe for success for Taylor Fritz. Taylor Fritz loves the high ball. He loves the high bouncing ball. That's why I think he can turn into a good clay court player, but the ball is going to be very, very low and he's going to have to really dig it out. And I don't think this is going to be a comfortable match for Taylor Fritz. He's never had a comfortable match uh, really against Adrian Manorino in their head to head. It's 2-2. The one comfortable match was the Acapulco 2022, which did come out. I remember that match. It was Manorino was a little fatigued uh, from a lot of tennis. He was playing a lot of tennis at the time, trying to get his ranking back up. Um, but other than that, he beat him. Uh, he beat him on grass at Nottingham. He beat him in Acapulco in 2017. And a very tight loss in Delray Beach this year, 7-6-6-4. I definitely think he covers the, the spread here. Uh, you know, we, we saw the odds makers overvalue Fritz against Bernabe Zapata Morales. The guy who hits the ball a lot harder than people really give him credit for uh, and also has played on grass before. And I think they're overvaluing him again here, although I'm the biggest Taylor Fritz fan, I got to say. Don't think he covers the spread. Try to take it from me. You can trust me. It's a weird show because we got Pam going against Alcaraz. We got Kenny going against fritz like down down is up up is down but hey you know money talks more than anything so i respect but i've also said at the beginning of the year before clay court started this is the season of carlos and then that's yeah. it and then you can kiss yeah. it goodbye until the u.s open <laughs> right right uh well i do have to pick up the slack slack for zico you know who's you know on a, on a wonderful honeymoon across europe so i'm going to throw out another line that i like as well i'm going inner country battle I like Sonego to cover three and a half against Yannick oh, Sinner. That was another one I was going to give out. I love that one because yeah. Sonego, very good, very good grass court player in his own right. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think he's, I, I mean, well, you would never know it from this line. It's it, it's ridiculous. No. I, and, speaking of country to country, I also like Corda today against Tiafoe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Pam, I mean, I, I'm waiting for Sinner to step up. It hasn't quite happened yet. And I do also think this is more, this isn't necessarily a fade on Sinner. I do like Sonego's game, as Kenny said, on grass. Right. And I think he's undervalued here. No, I agree, but Sinner is one of those players. He's just so – he has so much yeah. power, and I think it just doesn't yeah. necessarily translate fully to grass. 
just yet. I think he just doesn't know what to do with it. He doesn't know when to kind of push back a bit. Um, but Sonigo has been talking about reps. He has reps on grass court already. So he's going to, I think this is definitely a competitive matchup. Plus three and a half games is interesting for me. Um, the line opened at four and a half. So money is coming in on Sonigo. I would also consider the over instead. Um, Sinner is still good. <laughs> yeah. And Sonigo, he gets what we've seen from him. He kind of clams up in big pressure point situations. So I wouldn't doubt it if he's up a break, it ends up getting breaking back, broken back, and then maybe center takes off the set. But I can see this being competitive three sets. Hope yeah, so. I, so yeah, yeah I, I hope it. I hope it is. Too. I was gonna say center. Uh, the one thing I I noticed about him this year, I noticed was that his, like I said, his return of serve is unbelievable. And on grass, you just can't. He, he's you gotta have to change your return style. He's not gonna have that strength. I will say he he had an unbelievable Wimbledon run last year, and he definitely can play on the surface. But uh, I, if you're talking about the over games, which Pam is talking about, I think that's a smart play because I don't know how many service game, how many service breaks he's really going to negotiate. He he doesn't like to return in the in these very fast environments. Well, a few more things before we finish up this tennis bet show on grass court season, uh, Kenny. We uh, we have to talk about how you know women's tennis. We had Ego win the French Open. Rabakina's won Wimbledon. She loses the day to. Donna Vekic, which isn't a, a bad loss by any stretch, but the future market looks like this. Iga Rabakina, Sabalenka, who's winning already in her tournament, and then Muhova makes that run to the final. She's now the fourth favorite or fourth or fifth favorite to win Wimbledon. So thoughts on the uh, odds going into Wimbledon and players you might like or might be fading? Uh, I really like Ange Jabeur once again, and she's, I mean, she's now being respected at, at plus 1100. I think last year she was, what was she, like 30 to 1 at, at one point before the tournament to win. Uh, but if you want to just talk about consistency on grass, sorry, I'm try, I, I, had her, I had her pulled up here and now I lost her. But if, if you're trying to talk about consistency on grass, she's done this year in and year out. She has great Wimbledon results. And Elena Rabakina, I mean, I, I think she is still my favorite to repeat at this tournament and Igus Fiatek, I mean, all the spin she puts on the ball just doesn't really work on this surface, but I would say Jabir because I think, you know, she's kind of been playing a little bit better over the last couple of months. She hasn't really had a huge result uh, at a slam or a, a big tournament, but I think this could be the one because it does yeah. seem like she's very comfortable on these grounds, had a nice run here last year. So I, I, I could see her winning for sure. Got to get back fitness wise up there. Started to Roland Garros, lost her first match early, but yeah, that'll be a good That's the one. thing about grass. Yeah. Who cares about the fitness, right? That's why Nick is so good on grass. Sure. You don't have to be good so at good. fitness. <laughs> Muhova, Muhova on grass is fascinating because you know we're riding the wave of the French. There's the pressure, the expectation, but her game does seem like it should be something that translates to grass. Uh, and Pam, I just had a note for you. Thoughts on... 43-year-old Venus Williams still out there competing and winning a tennis match was just uh, out of control, right? It's amazing. In a world where pickleball is taking over, she says, yeah. no, not today. I am sticking to tennis. And she's not even just doing that. Her serve, she talked about it, how she had 120-mile-per-hour serve. She's like, oh, yeah. there it is. It's like it's it's a muscle memory all over again. I love to see it. It gives me hope for when I get yeah. into my 40s. Keep on rocking. I don't expect her to like run deep into like a Wimbledon no. tournament, um, like a final. It would be amazing to see. But I think just like fitness does come into play. And there's a lot of players that are younger and up and coming that are going to be just as powerful, if not stronger, that can get past her. Do you know how much you have to love tennis to be playing Yelena Ostapenko in a grass court event coming up? Because that's just how much she's enjoying the game so that that viral video yesterday so good <laughs> yeah what last thing and, and we got to end on a high note for at least one of us here are we officially on calendar slam watch like is this 
lock it in. This is we're going to be going to the U.S. Open for some serious calendar slam vibes here. Hundred percent, hundred percent, absolutely. And I I also love that you said that the line for Djokovic to win Wimbledon was minus one fifty. I took I tweeted this minus like I tweeted this three weeks ago and he was plus one ten. CLV trophy, let's go. <laughs> Yeah, he wins Wimbledon, which I don't want to say seems like a formality, but kind of seems like a formality. Then we go into the like U.S. Open. It all at French Open. You just do it. U.S. Open, there will be a, a lot of a lot of hype, and he's been here before. It's uh, it's going to be incredible to see. But yeah, I mean, he's set himself apart. He wins a tournament that even you, Pam, were like, I don't know if he's got this one in him. I mean, he's got that one in him. So uh, still a lot of intrigue on both sides of the draw. But we're going to be back Can't next week. The plan for we first talk about one, yeah. one, one last thing. Can we first just take a moment to appreciate from a fan perspective that we have been as fans in a position to potentially see a calendar slam happen multiple times in a year. Djokovic two years ago, Nadal had a run last year until he withdrew from Wimbledon. And now we have it again with Djokovic. Like this is such a rare feat. Yeah. And we have seen it pretty frequently because yeah. of the big three. Once they go, I don't know when the next time we're going to see a calendar slam opportunity again. The, the only thing I'll say is I ho- I kind of don't want him to win Wimbledon because last last time we went for that calendar slam at the U.S. Open, it was one of the hardest watches ever. That that no. final against Medvedev was so hard to watch. He just let's he talk was about that nervous. though. Let's talk about that because he had a grueling five set match against Verev right no, before. No, I don't think that had anything to do with it. He, he was nervous. He was nervous. He was he was, he was not Novak in that match. And you're you're, you're a big fan of him. Ran, I, I, I think, yeah, ran out of gas. I, I do. There's something to be said about running out of gas, but there is like he was not the same mentally strong warrior. He was absolutely But it was also a lot of factors. For once, he is known as the villain of tennis. People love to hate on him. And for once, people were cheering his name. It was just a big, huge emotional spot for him to be like, I don't know what to do with this. They're they're rooting for me. I'm tired. He didn't get the he didn't get the the uh, the golden slam. Like, yeah, there was a lot of factors that came into play. So I almost don't want to see it again. That's my point. Okay. I, uh, that was that was I I wanted I think everyone wanted him to win that match and the the way that it trans that went down was just it was it was it was it was heartbreaking. I I can't believe I said it about Djokovic at the time mm-hmm. and I'm seeing it again now. But it was heartbreaking. It was hard to watch, man. So Nothing I, worse. I, I do hope maybe he can redeem himself. Good redemption arc. But I would hope that he's ready this time. Uh, if Nothing worse. You're saying it was heartbreaking. Nothing worse <laughs> in the history of tennis than seeing Roger Federer get bageled in his final match of his career. That, that is heartbreaking. Yeah, that, was that was tough. Now, too. I I will yeah I will say I have a bachelor party to go to that final that the U.S. Open final. I can't if I have to miss it. If he goes no, to the Golden Slam and I can't be there in person, I'll be I'll be I'll be I've devastated. Streamed? No, no longer not. my friends. Sorry, Billy. Maybe not a live stream for that one. Uh, this has been a fun show. Pleasure to. Pamela Maldonado, find her at Yahoo Sportsbook, breaking down all the lines on tennis, golf, other sports as well, almost football season as well. Kenny Ducey on his Patreon, on his covers for tennis, for baseball lines. A lot to discuss there. It's been fun. Really appreciate it. We'll be back next week for more content. Thanks for joining Tennis Bets. Thanks to Mike Haston for producing this show, producer Mike. And uh, follow us on the Tennis Channel Podcast Network as well on all your podcast platforms. So for Pamela Maldonado and Kenny Ducey, my name is Mitch Michaels. Thank you for watching and listening to Tennis Bets. Good luck out there. We'll talk to you soon. Good luck.